0: Welcome to The Sandbox with Justin Peters, connecting you to the ideas and tools to improve your life. Now let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to The Sandbox. I'm your host, Justin Peters. The meaning of this podcast is to be your introduction to self-improvement. And um, there's a lot of things you could be working to improve. It could be your mindset, your health, relationships, your career. But today we are talking about finances or for um, the half of the population that says that wrong, finance. Um, I I really don't get that. Uh, But uh, all kidding aside, um, one thing I don't really joke around too much about is money. I think money is such a powerful tool and um, simply a tool of that. Uh, Money for most people can be a really sensitive topic Um, But if you're not having conversations around it, you're really missing out because I believe uh, you're you're not gaining and learning about some of the best practices from other people if you keep this topic taboo. So today I want to start that conversation for you. And I brought on someone that I really admire that I want to help me do that. Today's guest grew up in Washington Heights in the Big Apple. That is New York City. Uh, and through his upbringing and exposure to the lifestyle around him, he realized the impact that financial literacy could have on someone's life, someone's relationships, and and you know someone's overall success. Uh, so, of course, he used uh, that observation and that knowledge to better his own life. But he didn't stop there. He uh, founded... A organization called Templo Education, and their mission is to help communities, particularly low income in New York City, by partnering with schools, nonprofits to educate them on financial literacy and provide meaningful mentorships. So um, I really believe in his mission. Uh, I connect with him so much. I believe, just like he does, that a little bit of education in this area can make a huge impact on someone's life. So I'm hoping in today's episode, the two of us will spark your curiosity and hopefully generate some conversations that you can have with your loved ones, with your dependents, even yourself. So uh, enough from me. Uh, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Louis Savory. Louis, my man, what's going on?
1: What's going on, Justin?
0: (laughs) I am so (laughs) pumped uh, to have you on. Uh, it's it's crazy our relationship. We've actually never even met um, in real life, but you and I got introduced through my girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. She mentioned she she was just like, dude, this guy. You got to meet him. Just just hit him up. Have a conversation with him. And uh, you and I get together, you know, call each other and, and have a conversation every two or three months. And I love the conversations that we have. Mm-hmm. They're always super engaging. And whenever I started my podcast, you went on my short list of people that I wanted to get on because I I always was like, dude, I need to be recording our conversations because like yeah, so many yeah. people could get so much value from some of the things that you're providing. And, uh, you know, I really value the fact that you're you're an action oriented person and you went out and started Templo. It's, it's super inspiring. So I wanna start there with our conversation. Um, particularly, I thought it'd be a really cool place to start with where the name Templo actually came from. <laughs>
1: that's, a, that's, a, that's a good first question, yeah. Templo has a lot of meaning behind it, but um, the temple, right, historically was always a place of inspiration, not only religiously, but where great thinkers also went, right? So I wanted to merge. Um, that um, background of religious influencers with the influencers who have just great ideas, right? And the Latin word for that is templum, and then templo is more like the uh, uh, a Spanish um to so I, I speak Spanish myself as well. So um, I think that name kind of connected well with the mission of what we want to do, which is bring the temple, a place of inspiration, to the actual... Um, students, staff, and everybody we're working with, right? Because um, I feel like a lot of people don't really know where to turn. And if you don't bring something to them, they they, they will never kind of see it, right? Or, you know, and that goes for me as well in different areas of life. I think we all need that, but it's a blessing when somebody brings something to you. So we want to actually bring the temple that's supposed to be a place to people, you know? So that's kind of where the heart and inspiration behind the game.
0: Mm. Uh, and, uh, I mentioned in my intro, you're from New York city, born and raised in New yep. York city, correct?
1: Yep. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Tonight, and, uptown.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about, um, your upbringing and how that influenced the, the mission, um, of templo
1: education. Yeah. My upbringing really opened my eyes to a reality, um, beyond what I even imagined, especially as I grew older and uh, went to high school, got my first job and all that, realized not everybody came from a neighborhood I came from, right? Because um, sometimes when you grew up in a certain place, you just feel like, oh, this is, this is how the world is. You know, yeah. <laughs> everybody grew up like this, you know? So in my mind, I'm like, oh, cool. So I realized, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of things um, because of our neighborhood, lack of resources, um just our environment overall that we did not learn right
0: could you give me a quick example
1: yeah yeah definitely so um an example is um education system vary um between districts right certain districts have a better education system than others right um and a lot of poor under underserved neighborhoods would have uh, education system that's usually horrendous right where Um, the teachers don't really care because there's a lot of students bringing a lot of problems from home, right? Whether that be a substance abuse problem, broken home, divorced parents, whatever it might be. Um, and it it makes it difficult also for the teachers. Um, and there's a lot of factors, right? But one big one is that education system. And then when you have a poor neighborhood, um, the number one route even before the education system is, um, your household, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a lot of broken homes where the father's absent, um, only the mom is at home and you never see like a healthy dynamic, it it affects the way you engage people. Mm -hmm. And where does a kid engage most? School. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so then then it leads to a ripple effect of not really navigating around life. So, um, Yeah. yeah. So just me seeing that growing up helped me open my eyes to like, well, how can I play my part? in wanting to change some of that, right? I can't go into homes and tell people stay married, right? Yeah. Um, I can't go and really force anyone's hand, but I could kind of infiltrate and put our DNA and the team I'm working with um, in the system of our education, in, in our education system in order to kind of influence some of that change. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah. And, and in terms of uh, making an impact, why did you feel like financial literacy, was the area that you really wanted to focus on? You know, outside of, you, you talked about some of the broken homes and, and maybe it could have been focusing on how to have a healthy relationship. Um, why, why financial literacy?
1: Um, great question. A few reasons. Number one, the number one cost of divorce is finances. Mm. So that's, that, that's a huge one. Number two, um, it's not taught in schools at all. Like, 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 and I say at all lightly, because I'm sure we can find a few schools, but, um, I'm pretty sure evidence will be on my side. When you look overall, it will be, it's a very, very small percentage. And if they do teach, it doesn't really go in depth. And I feel like those are the life skills, um, that connect to having a better life. Right. So again, money doesn't solve everything, right. Which is why we have the mentorship side of our program, right. We're, we're aware that we can, uh, we can teach people how to invest, and become, let's say, millionaire or something. But we know the most important part is actual relational, right? Um, and that becomes personal to me because I grew up in a broken home where my parents divorced um, when I was in junior high school. Um, uh, my mother was making an incredible amount of money, owning one of the first beauty salons in Washington Heights. Mm. Um, there's probably over 100 now. My mom in the er- in late 80s was one of the first made a um, incredible amount of money. My dad, not so much, but he managed money really well because of the lack, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of got to see both ends um, and I got to see like, wait, my mom has a lot, but the mismanaging has nothing to show for. Um, relationships weren't on top of her list because he was so busy with her business. But then I see my dad didn't make the most money, um, but Ended up being well, uh, a bit better in the um, as the years went by. Got a job at MTA, did electrician work, and, and, and made more money. But before that, came as an as an immigrant from the Dominican Republic, and really just grinded working in store, being a cab driver, cutting meat at the supermarket, just hustling his way up. Um, but he valued it a lot, so he mm. knew every say. You know, he did everything for us, his kids. But he he planned ahead with his money, and I saw how that benefited him um, in light of him making less than maybe a lot of people around. Him. Mm. So, so it's, it's, it's both, you know? So,
0: yeah. Did you spend time in both households or were you predominant in your mom or your dad's, your dad's house?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, my parents divorced, I'm laughing because it was like a back and forth <laughs> parents divorce. And I was really confused trying to figure out life. And I went to live with my mother because I know she's less strict. Mm -hmm. And I guess
0: (laughs) priorities at that time.
1: I love it. (laughs) She's less strict. I get to like live life a little more, hang out with my friends a little later and whatever. Um, So I was doing a back and forth until my dad like put the hammer down and said, look, you're either going to live with me and stay with me or you're either going to live with your mom. You know, so um, I from there went to live uh, with my mom, stayed there most of the time. But My dad was incredibly active in my life, you know, which helped me a lot growing up. So he'll come to parent-teacher conference. Uh, I just remember seeing a lot of moms, and my dad was only the one. He'll, you know, still take me to the park, take me to my basketball game. So he was really active, but because of the age and my mindset at the time, um, I wanted to live with my mom to have that what I called, quote-unquote, freedom. Okay.
0: that's fair. And um, I, I'm, I'm interested in your mom's story. You you mentioned she she made a ton of money, um, but but maybe didn't have a ton to show for it at the end of the day. Do you, you know, knowing your mom, was there was there something in her in her life that influenced that that habit? I, I know I want to jump into to money habits with you a little bit deeper, um, but but, you know, what's your hypothesis hypothesis on on that?
1: Um. Yeah, yeah yeah there's definitely many things like so for example um, one of the things that come to mind is just the lack of education overall right so mm-hmm. my mom grew up and um had her business at an early age um was the only um girl that her dad my grandfather had so kind of spoiled in that mm-hmm. way coming here um she worked for beauty salam saved enough money um and then bought the beauty salon where she was working in and from there everything was um uphill um at least money-wise um and the second part of that is she definitely did have bad habits i heard you, you mentioned bad habits so mm. one of that was um just playing lottery a lottery. Mm. so my mom was making at that time let's say thousand dollars a week she'll easily spend five hundred dollars in lottery probably even more you know probably a thousand easily in just a certain week mm. so just playing numbers, um, giving away a lot of money um, and not planning for the future. You know, sometimes it's hard when it's like when somebody makes a hundred dollars and then you get a job that pays you a thousand dollars. Right. If you mismanage that thousand, I mean, that hundred, that thousand really doesn't change the your habits. It, yeah. it just has it's just emphasizes your bad habits, you know, so mm. the more money my mom made. I think the more fueled into our bad habits, yeah. right? So, yeah, so it was yeah. like a cycle.
0: Makes sense. Um, so, Templo, uh, the the organization you founded, the program focuses on, you know, junior high to high school students. I, I guess that age range is like 11 to eight, 18. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts around focusing on that age group versus, you know, young adults or even, you know, adults in their 30s or 40s that might have more spending power?
1: yeah yeah. Uh, it's it's two things one we feel the the earlier the better right and you might ask why not elementary school maybe right so that's something we're still considering as well so we're building curriculums around how that would look mm. but around building the curriculums and we really seeing what's important um we looked at ourselves and said what's where can we start right and we look at our education system we looked at the opportunities we have in different schools Um, and we felt starting, um, with that age, age range right before college and, um, right after elementary school would give that range of like, when you first really start waking up to Mm -hmm. some financial responsibility, whether that be chores, maybe, um, high school, you might get your first job. So, um, my whole logic is even if you don't apply what you learn immediately, I hope to leave an impact in a lot of students, classrooms, and even staff members who can continue to teach this material wrong before we leave, because these are things that I think will come back to you when life hits, right? You, you ever had an experience that you don't you don't realize how important it was, but then down the road, you're like, wow, oh, I'm, I'm so glad I learned that. Yeah. You know, so, I hope to have that impact. I mean,
0: you alluded a little bit to what you're interested and in, focused on uh, during that age range, you know, wanting to be with your mom because of the flexibility that gave on your lifestyle. Um, and, and you know what, what those students are interested in there. So how do you resonate in your program? How do you resonate with students?
1: Um, yeah, so two ways. One, um, we try to see where we're going, right? What district we're in, what school. Um, and I also connected to my story. So I feel like a lot of my story connects in different ways to people, right? Not every area might connect. Um, but we try to contextualize our lessons, right? So kids at that age at that age, I was thinking about Jordans, let's say, right? <laughs> thinking about the news, you know, so I try to contextualize some of the mm. material saving through on um, Jordans. Um um, another, another thing we're implementing in our le- our lesson is, what do you rather questions where we engage with the kids, everybody stands up and what do you rather, um, have a million dollars or a hundred every week for 13 years or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it might yeah. be. We try to engage. So we get everybody moving, um, interacting to, to kind of separate ourselves from the average because finance could be a bit boring. Sure. So, the challenges every day I'm working on, Um, although we have completed lessons, um, my goal every day um, as founder of Templo and for the team to really like innovate those lessons, make them more engaging, making more fun.
0: What are some examples of some of the courses that you that you teach?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the first one we do is money mindset. So um, that's like, uh, that's in every package, no matter what you pick, because we feel like Um, teaching you new habits wouldn't mean much if your mindset around something wouldn't change. They they wouldn't be lasting, right? So um, we try to infiltrate on the aspect of the mindset, right? And the mindset goes into, like, why did I want to buy Jordans (laughs) I was younger, right? While other kids maybe my age were maybe thinking about something else, right? Um, And that thought process comes down from your friends, association, from what influences you, your mentors um, and uh, your household. So all these things are trying to see like, what what, what is important, right? Um, what, what, is, what is an important mindset, right? And then from there, we um, battle uphill to teach on budgeting, all right? So making that engaging. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Charlie <laughs> So um, saving. Um, and then we go to the base of saving, we go to credit card, um, um, the different interest rate and how that all looks, um, what's wise, what's not. Uh, we go to college and uh, student debt and things like that. Um we go to early investment in the stock market where we teach an overview of stuff um, uh, and different kinds of funds and how that looks. Um, investment strategy so so we try so this all depends on age of course right you might be thinking like you know we we won't go to investment strategies with a with a sixth grader, or fifth grader per se but we try to go into certain lessons that are engaging and fun and i feel like my job right now is to just open the eyes of people to see like oh learning this could be valuable right you're about to learn you learn a lot of stuff and like you're always learning right at least you always want to be learning. So there's tons of things you learn, like adding finances to your repertoire while you're learning enhances you. No matter what career you have, right? It doesn't matter if you're um, hosting podcasts, you know, um, or um, starting a, a business, and you're an employee, and it's always going to benefit you. So this is why I feel like going back to your first question. Why well, I think that's so important. Um, and how we chose that financial literacy and mentorship, because we feel like if you take some kind of control over that, you'll alleviate a lot of stress, but we don't want you to forget about the important relationships in your life as well. So we're trying to merge those two together.
0: So. Mm, totally makes sense. Um, and you started talking about this earlier and I would love to, to prick at you a little bit more. Uh, I, I, was curious on some financial st- statistics. So I, I just did some research a little bit before the show and I saw on this website, um, financialeducatorscouncil.org. They took a survey in 2017 for young adults and asked them the question, what high school course would most benefit your life? Um, in Astoundingly, 51.4% responded with money management. Uh, which blows my mind away. And in my high school, uh, there was a, I, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like financial literacy class, but it was it was an optional class. And for me, I've geeked out about this kind of stuff since I was like 14. Um, I come from a household that like my dad was always kind of instilling some great financial prudence into me but most right. people weren't required to take that what's holding us back from filling that gap and and especially something like the education system like what what why why are we not touching this topic more
1: yeah what's what's the age range of the people who got served it was on
0: that? it was i think it was 18 to 24
1: in a way i feel like it's beneficial but not beneficial for certain people to have everyone educated financially all right so one is when we look at the um, societal and, and governmental structure. It's like if a lot of people are financially literate, right? Um, there's a lot of less things you can entice people with in our in our economy, right? It's a lot of less handouts that you can actually um, give out to people because the worth of how what they believe in themselves in managing something, creating something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether we look at welfare system, uh, maybe food stamps. And again, mind you, I want to be empathetic about the people who actually need that and go through the hard times, right? Because those programs, just some history behind those programs. Those programs are actually created for a step up, right? In order for you to go to the next level, right? It's like, hey, um, you're going through some hard times, Justin, let me, here, take this thousand dollars and keep at it with your dream, man. I want to see you succeed. Right. Mm. And now, a few years later, you have your own thing because that helped you in those hard times. Right. Mm. Uh, but now it's, it's become for a lot of people. Right. Um, well, for millions of people who are on it for years, it's almost like a, a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, no, and I don't blame people. I think that can be me, that can be anyone. Because imagine I'm giving you a thousand dollars every month for sitting in your couch, yeah. you know, that incentivizes that risk and reward factor that that will de-incentivizes de- that, like, you know, it doesn't incentivize you to actually go out, chase your dream, provide, you know, so it just, I think it kills dreams mm-hmm. when people are not financially literate because they, they see everything as an obstacle, mm. right? So there's a lot of things you can do when you're financially literate if you plan well, um, and, you are disciplined with your finances. Right. Um, again, more money is not always better. I tell people, mm-hmm. right. Better discipline. is what actually is better. Right. More money is just, Hey, just feed. Like I said, a little earlier story about my parents, like it can, it, it, I can feed, um, the angel or the beast, whatever your habits are, more money is actually going to feed that, right. You, you don't magically uh, magically change. So, um, yeah. And I think the second part of your question to get to, to get to that layer is our education system. Um, I, it, there's a lot of it. It's so intertwined with government. Uh, like I said, to be honest, there's not a lot of freedom to really teach what you think is important, but what society and, and the government and our culture deems important. Um, and a lot of it, in my opinion, is, is useless class. I know I, I say that lightly, but it, it's things I will never use in our life, and it frustrates me. Right, mm-hmm. so I'm not throwing away school. There's certain things you have to go to school for, but a lot of it is like, I look back and like, why was I learning all this? Imagine if I put that time learning the subjects that I've never used in my life. Like I've never, it sometimes frustrates me because I never ever use certain things I learn. And I'm like, what is it just for knowledge? People need to <laughs> survive out here. People, I, People actually, which is one of our core values is wisdom. We actually want to be able to apply that knowledge you learn in the real world that's what i call wisdom mm. if you're able to apply knowledge you're a wise man if you know a lot well congratulations that's cool but uh, that's that doesn't get you too far knowing a lot you know so
0: sure uh, so so lewis i want to give you a promotion uh, and put you in charge of this job this this task this this problem um of you know addressing the 51 percent of people that that want money management so if you were in charge of this you know it Essentially, you have endless resources. I mean, uh, in terms of what what you, what you can get, you know, what ideally would that look like if you were tasked to to bring financial literacy into the education system?
1: That's a great question. <laughs> um, I think the the first thing I would do is, in all honesty, really what I'm doing now, right? But. Um, it is a game changer when you said I have unlimited resources, right? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I I'll, I still have the heart and 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 desire to do what I'm doing now, and I think what would change is I would really surround myself with more people who know even more about things that I don't know about, right? Because I, I launched this and I've educated myself enough, or I feel confident enough on a lot of financial topics, but I'm continuing to learn, right? Which which I love this process. But I want to continue to surround myself with people in other areas, not only with finances, but in um, effectively uh, moving us in the education system, um, um, strategies to launching programs in efficient and effective ways, and dig deeper personally, right? This is a big one um, in the process of working with the families, right? Single parent homes, broken homes, like how do we infiltrate that? and educate the parents because you can do a lot when you go back home that's where you spend most of your time so um how do how do we educate those parents and show them why we're educating them right and Mm. the trajectory everybody wants wants their um kids to do well in the future right so incentivizing them in in that sense and seeing how that looks would, would be great
0: and a lot of what I'm pulling out from you, and, and and it's something we've talked about a lot with with your program, is your your big emphasis on mentorship, and why mentorship is so important. Um, and and during our prep call for this, I, I quoted you saying, "I don't want to teach and then leave," um, and and and, and re- you really do want to instill, you know, some some of this. So why do you believe mentorship could be the glue that makes this all stick?
1: Um. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, we always say we don't want to just teach and leave. We actually want to educate and then mentor, right? Um, And I think the mentor side of it is just really instilling some of what you already learned and the way you instill that is actually living it out, right? So if I teach you on budgeting, right, and and you have a a worksheet and stuff to actually do, you might not want to do it. But when you have a mentor there um, and you see the fruits maybe of his work, (laughs) right, and how he's living, right, that's one. That inspires you to do the hard thing for the future, right? Um, and then when you're held accountable, right? When Something beautiful happens when you're held accountable, right? Um, no man is an island, right? I love that phrase. Like, no man literally is alone, right? Like, the most successful people in this world, they didn't do it alone. It might look like it maybe. When you look deeper, it's like, wow, this guy had a lot of help. And rightly so. He didn't. He, he still had the vision, right? He still had the drive. Right. He still had the, the fervor to, to continue to, to move forward. But um, he had a team around him. Right. So I feel like men like we don't want to go into a program, leave and say, hey, um, good luck. And you're going back to your, um, let's say, shitty, city, sh- shitty situation at home and um, community where you feel discouraged. So how, how do we continue to inspire you in that moment? Right. We maybe can't change the whole circumstance. Right. Um, but that mentorship continues to emphasize what you learn and inspire you to continue on that journey. So I think without mentorship, it really, it could I run the risk of it just being a very interesting class that mm. you enjoyed. I don't want to be an interesting class you enjoy. I kind of want to be a lasting impact where we continue to emphasize the vision. Through our mentors, you know, to a point where maybe you might get annoyed, but at least as you remember us in a way that you can go back and kind of recall some of this information.
0: To dive a little bit deeper into mentorship, if, if people aren't, if people don't have the privilege um, to be at a school where where your program's at, and, and maybe even bigger than financial literacy, uh, what are your thoughts on on seeking mentorship? And then once you found a great mentor, how do you maximize that relationship?
1: that that's one of the most challenging things you know and it it, and it always depends um what neighborhood you're in what school you actually went to what programs you're surrounded by um but i think you have to be intentional there's there's no way around this so intentionality is the word that comes to mind where um you have to actually surround yourselves um around people whether that be now we have tons of resources right through social media Um, and going in and really connecting people or you connecting with people. And, um, the quickest way to do it is actually trying to provide a service, right? That'd be for free, especially when you're a teenager, right? If you're able to provide some service for free to somebody you look up to or, um, or an organization that you feel is doing good work and all that, you know, how much you're going to learn and you're not wasting no time. You're just gaining, right? You're helping that person, but you're probably gaining even more because you're, you're, you're young. Uh, You have time on your side and and it's so much. So intentionality is key. Um, And oddly enough, I feel like that needs to be taught because if you don't know the value of connecting with people, you won't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is what we want to do in the mentorship side of things. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I would say be just being intentional um, in actually putting yourself out there. Right. Being bold, um, taking risk. um, um, Yeah. and, And connecting with people you admire. Getting a list of people you admire, what organizations do that? How can I reach out? How can I help for free? How can I volunteer? Like, there's no way around that hard work, to be honest. It's not like I don't think a mentor ever appears. It's really just putting in that work of exposing yourself, which is a scary thing, right? You're Mm -hmm. like, hey, I want to help with this. I'm out here. You might not be good at it yet, or if you think you're good at even better, right? You you get to provide even a better service. But the yeah, the answer is really putting yourself out there
0: you you said mentorship doesn't really appear. I almost think mentorship develops as well. It's like, you don't walk, I, I'm not going to walk up to you and Lewis and be like, hey, Lewis, will you be my mentor? Um, that's not yes, really that's how exactly it works. Right. You, you know, someone... You know, someone really intrigues you, and you spend time with them to show to show and guide them throughout mm-hmm. the path, and and they reciprocate in terms of their energy, in terms of uh, you know, how they think through, and, and they're listening to you, and you feel like both sides of the relationship is gaining value. So I, I really do mm-hmm. think some of those mentorships j- just really develop out of time. Like I, mm-hmm. a lot of mentorship programs for me, like the the most effective ones are the people that I just. I just naturally ended up, you know, moving into our mentorship relationship. Uh, so when that happens, when somebody has one of those those mentors, even if it's through a formal program or informally, as I was just explaining, how how do they maximize that relationship and and, and really make sure that both sides are, are getting the most out of it?
1: Yeah. yeah. So you, you said something that I agree with a thousand percent. Right. So it does develop. Right. Which is why the best mentorships have an aspect of friendship. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's many ways to do it but again i'm going back to intentionality right so to maximize that is actually if if i'm around like for example um there's a few people i want to connect with right when i've connected with these people like uh, a good example is my mentor now when I, when he gave me that first meeting i came in ready <laughs> like like I, I had my plan um, I want to show you what I'm working on already. I want to show you that I'm not playing games. I'm not going to waste your time. Mm. Um, I got certain questions ready. So I'm I'm ready to like pick your brain. It's almost like I approach it like this might be the last time mm. that I might be with you right now. So let me take advantage of this. Um, but you always want to be yourself as well, right? You, you don't want to come kind of like want interviewing someone, right? So it's yeah. the balance say look, be yourself, but be genuinely interested. Um, and they see that. Mm-hmm. any anybody wants so if somebody comes up to you hey justin i love podcasts you're doing um i got a few questions for you like if you're really in love with what you're doing like you're going to be honored to yeah. sit with that person and be like you know what let, let me share a few things that i've learned i don't know everything but i think this can help you mm-hmm. that feels good because yeah. we all want to give back so i feel like when you t- to maximize that when you show that urgency um to connect to be there but also be yourself right um, when you mix all that, when you're actually being yourself and trying to connect with somebody, um, generally coming prepared, people see that effort.
0: I want to jump back into a topic we we started to explore there in terms of habits. Um, what, what are, you know, you mentioned uh, it was $100 or $1,000. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Uh, how you spend money isn't really about money. It's really about you know some of those habits that you learned at an early age um, and the environment and the impact around you. Um, you know what what are some of the the habits that that you traditionally see um, that you might be working with someone either to unravel or you know. Uh, Sometimes it's not even, you know, redirecting someone, but, but necessarily, you know, Hey, making some awareness around this habit and then putting a process in place of how you control that habit.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it really goes back to value, right? Like what do you value is going to dictate how you spend your money. Right. Um, and I think valuing money itself to a high degree is a bad, could be a bad habit, (laughs) Mm -hmm. could lead to a bad habit. Right. So um, what do you value right so for example early on I had years back um, I was going from job to job um, um, worked at a hospital then worked at a car dealership supermarket internship I said I was like all over. I was just like <laughs> and I was kind of desperate for money
0: yeah.
1: um, I ended up going into this um, whole business ordeal Um Won't get into this. It was like sketchy and all. It was like a little crazy, but (laughs) got into that. And then a few months later, the business they were working on went down and I ended up having to file bankruptcy. Mm. Right. So that goes into what I valued. I valued money so high that a few hundred dollars a month, I just needed it. Mm. Right. Because what was coming in already, I just didn't think is enough. Well, part of it was I just wasn't managing it well, right? I was valuing different things. When I look back, I was spending my money on whatever I wanted. Right. I wasn't I wasn't intentional about saving, right? Um I didn't I didn't budget, aka tell my money where to go, right? I I, I didn't do that. I didn't I didn't say hey, this here, I didn't I didn't pay myself first, you know, little things like that I can change everything. Um I didn't I didn't do none of that, right? So the aspect is the question is really what do you value? All right. So there's, there's a list of things where you get deep into conversation where the mentorship, friendship relationship comes in um, of what do you value? All right. So if you value, if you're really insecure about how you look and you think the clothes you wear are going to make you feel look a certain way, you're going to, your your money is going to show you right you, the the money really dictates where your heart is mm. right the money usually follows your heart what do you really value right that's why i say when you look at someone's bank account you can really see what they value mm. right um, cuz money is just a tool for you to get things you value right whether you're buying somebody a coffee or you're buying yourself a bmw or these are you're you're using the money as a tool which is all yeah. it is money is just a tool you're using that tool to give yourself the kind of life you want so Um, it's about getting those walls down about what do you value, right? Those are those deep, um, intimate conversations that lead to transformation, right? Mm -hmm. Those, those conversations actually lead you to think about, you know what, this is what I want to plan for the future, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? It's hard to plan for the future when you can't see the future, right? So I don't blame people for not planning for the future if you, if, if you grew up in a kind of hopeless situation. I'm not mad. I'm not, oh you you have bad habits. That's not gonna change them. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't you know, you go to hopeless situations, so you look at life, um life in the lens of hopelessness. So if you do that, saving in itself, it's almost impossible. I
0: loved the phrase you you used earlier in the show, um, pay yourself first. What's a good habit in terms of paying yourself first that Uh, that teenager that probably doesn't have a lot of immediate expenses that that paycheck needs to go to, what's a good habit they can start with that paycheck around paying themselves first?
1: Yeah, this is where goals come into place. Like, it's really hard to save money if you don't have goals. Like, for example, like, the reason people are so effective saving for a wedding but then horrible saving when they're married (laughs) Is because that goal is so clear. You know that you're like you can see, you can smell it. You can see the flowers. You can see her coming down. So it's like, all right, we're gonna save for this. Let's do it. It's a real specific, um, goal, and it's a it, it's something encouraging. But once you lose sight of goals, right? So um, again, when you get married, let's say if you don't have no specific goals. It don't matter if you did it before, like, what are you saving now? You're not, you're not getting married twice. You're not saving for another wedding. You're saving for something else. But what is that? Right. So the advice would be when you have your first job, have goals, right? Even if what you're saving for might not be meaningful, quote unquote. Right. And that's me talking from my perspective, right? Everybody, you know, it depends what's meaningful for you, but, um, you want to be able to buy a pair of sneakers every month. And you know, to do that, you need to save $30 a check. Right. Um when you have that goal and you name it um fresh kicks, right? So we call it mm-hmm. New York kicks, right? But <laughs> fresh kicks would be the, the goal, right? If you have that goal, you have the money amount and what you need to save. I'm gonna be you're gonna be more encouraged to put that money aside when you look at the title and like, oh wow. All right, yeah, yeah. Let I me mean, put thirty more because I'm almost there. It feels good, that sense of accomplishment. Um in every arena of life, I'm just um scaling it down to goals, right so i feel goals is number one thing like and that's harder to do when you're younger right so that that's the challenge right here um at that age you're not here having a a set of goals on your wall and saying you're going to take over the world you know that that usually comes later in life for you when you find more meaningful things that's why i say it's not about what you find and i don't care what you find meaningful right it could be a fork and knife set or whatever um it could it could be anything really to be honest but it could be clothes every week but if you have a specific goal it will show you and give you that discipline to be like oh i could save for whatever i want and eventually mm-hmm. you'll be like oh i can actually well, i could save for a car yeah wow it's yeah. gonna be three years okay i just got to keep doing what i did for three years mm-hmm. i only done it for three months
0: mm-hmm. but
1: i know if i keep this you know so it's like it's like a a, a mental game where you're training your mind and it gets stronger. It's the same. It's, it's, it's the same mentality of what you do with a hundred, with a thousand. I believe if you can save a thousand, just in a matter of time, before you do that ten times and save ten thousand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 the same game. It's just um, ten thousand. You you don't want to start with that if you never saved a hundred. Yeah. All right. I can't sit here and be like, I'm gonna save ten thousand dollars. Mm. Never ever saved a hundred dollars in my life. You know. So um, that's where you build your belief system and habits and continue to climb that ladder, yeah.
0: Fair, and and uh, what I'm really pulling out of that thread and and almost going back to, to the, the mentorship piece to it as, as well as just intentionality, It's there's a difference between getting a paycheck and then going and buying the sneakers you want and intentionally deciding before the paycheck comes that you wanna save up for those sneakers, getting that paycheck and then going by buying those sneakers. Very different mm-hmm. in a very minute way but the intentionality is, is so key. And that's really what a budget is, is just a stack of different goals. It's, this is my goal for my rent. This is my goal for your clothes. This is my goal for food. It's, it is a list of goals that you intentionally set with the money that you hope to come in and, and how you're going to distribute it.
1: And let me tell you the big difference of that right there. One is discipline. The other one is impulse, mm. right? So when you're doing stuff by impulse, yeah, one week with your paycheck, you buy sneakers. But whatever you like and whatever your mind comes up with in the next few months, you're going to buy that right away. So um, you're not building discipline, right? You're, and then that could be healthy as long as you don't have, let's say, enough you know, bills or you're not too stressed. But when life really hits, those habits, impulse habits that were not a big deal, right, where you could go outside, you could buy a Sprite, right, when you were younger, you could buy a Sprite, you could buy a T-shirt. Summertime, you want to buy a new 10-time, you you just buy whatever you want, right? You don't got no bills. But those same habits, you use that, right? When you're moving out, (laughs) when you're in a relationship, um, those habits become very detrimental because those those are impulse, right? So that's a big difference. Yeah, you have the money, but um, when you plan, the money controlled you. Mm. When you didn't plan, um, the money controlled you, I mean, but when you plan... You control that money. You actually yeah. told your money where to go. You you're like in full control in your plan. Um,
0: as we're we're kind of nearing our closing here, uh, something I mentioned or something I noticed while I was doing some research on you on on Templow's website, you have a ton of quotes from you know Thomas Thomas Edison, uh, Thomas Jefferson, uh, C.S. Lewis, like it. it a lot of cultural and historical influence uh that's super curious i'm super curious is there a historical figure um that's had a major impact on you
1: yeah so the biography of martin luther king for me was amazing and a lot of readings of c.s lewis Mm -hmm. and how he merges the um, christian worldview with the um everyday worldview, how to merge both of those two and live in this world uh, for me um really really inspires me every time so for me reading i realized i realized like this now really like i, I always kind of knew but i always jumped around like reading different kind of things but i love reading biography like right now it just came in today um shoe dog yeah so the uh, um of uh, uh, nike I, the yep the founder of nike so like i'm really excited to jump into that right mm. so because for me when storytelling is such a big thing right which is why i want to emphasize when i'm pitching templo to schools ideas like i want to storytell and explain to them where i come from why i have a passion because i think that's what draws people in right mm-hmm. and every time i hear someone's story um it follows a similar trend like Nobody really had it easy, but I'm inspired that these people actually rose to the occasion, right? So, like, it, it really inspired And I'll probably read a few pages tonight, and I'm probably going to sit there, call my girlfriend, and just talk her ear out about, like, how great this guy, how he accomplished it. I'm like, can you believe he started? Because it never gets old to me. I just figured more possibilities, and I feel like people don't have enough stories in front of them. That's another part of it, right? You don't have enough story of people that actually did it. Um, And you get to the details, you realize, oh, like it sounds cliche, but a lot of these people are just like us. Mm. Like I learned that more and more. There's actually nothing special about these people other than they're a little crazier and obsessed with their vision than you are. Yep.
0: Um, Before asking my last question, where is the best people to connect with you in Templo Education if they wanna learn more about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, so um, temploeducation.com.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So templo um, with an old temploeducation.com. So that's our website. So we're continually, continuously updating that, um, giving people more information. Um, our Instagram is templo_education, so you can find us there as well. Being more active on that as well. Um, and most of the updates as we're getting ready to um, work on newsletters, monthly news, all that's already going to come through um, promotion through social media and connecting with people, me personally sending things to people and our website. So that's kind of like our main two drives right now, um, because everything else is really going to branch um out of that
0: and anything in particular you're looking for any help that you need or anything if someone's listening and they're they're trying to figure out how they can help you uh anything in particular you're looking for
1: right now yeah so if you're connected with nonprofits, um schools um we can definitely um show our uh, pitch deck ideas so you kind of see what we can bring to the table perfect awesome definitely we'll to talk to you
0: yeah um, my final uh, question for you actually uh, came from a little inspiration from your website, uh, your, your blog post. You mentioned um, you had this beautiful quote in there. You said, you know, an eagle is made for flight. A fish is made for water. A lion lives for the hunt. What are you designed to do? Uh, so I want to reflect that question back to you and ask you, Louis, um, you know, what do you believe that, that you're designed to do?
1: Ooh. Threw it back at me, okay? <laughs> I like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Drop
1: the mic. Um, I think I'm in this world, and, I, and I'm seeing it more clearly, Um, to really have an impact through um, um reforming education. I know I see like a huge task, but I think a big part of it is, is reforming um, not only the education system, but the lens through which we see education, right? I think there's a problem if you think of education and you only think school. I I think that's a hindrance overall. But if you think education and you think much more, um, I think you're ahead of the game, right? So um, I think I'm here and the the, uh, people around me, the people I'm gathering myself, really to bring the vision of making education practical, Mm -hmm. uh, bringing wisdom behind the knowledge that we're learning.
0: And I will be right along your side there in terms of, Opening people's expansion to the fact that um, education is more than just school. That is exactly why I do what I want right here. Um, and that, you know, at 22, at 23, at 21, whenever you are done with college, that does not mean you are done with learning. Um, that does not mean you are done with education. And I am really wanting to be someone's introduction into a better life. So you and I have very, very similar goals there. So, um Lewis, I appreciate you being on the show. Um, You have such a poetic way of explaining things. So thank you for sharing that with my audience. Uh, and this will hopefully not be our last conversation. So thank you so yeah. much for coming
1: on the show, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, this was great. Welcome back everybody.
0: Hopefully you enjoyed that episode with Lewis. I love Lewis and his organization and the mission behind his organization. I am a believer as well that a little bit of education around financial literacy can really change someone's life. Um, what resonated with me the most in our conversation when was when he was talking about how you don't need more money, you just need a better discipline around your money. I have seen that to be true in my life as I know tons of people that make a lot of money that don't have a lot to show for it, and then plenty of people that don't make an extraordinary amount of money, but have everything they need in their life. So when he was talking about his mom versus his dad, uh, that really resonated true with me. What's uh, resonated with you? I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm on Instagram at Justin Lee Peters, Lee is L-E-E. I'd love to hear your big aha from this episode. And I would love if you went and supported Lewis and his organization once again, He is on Instagram at templo underscore education. Templo is T-E-M-P-L-O. Huge shout out to Lewis! Thanks again for giving me so much of your time and energy to share so much great wisdom with my audience. Also, big shout out, as always, to my little brother for the intro music and my better half and my producer, Gabby Dimechey. That's all. There's another episode that will be out next, not next Monday, but the following Monday. I'm really excited about this one. I will share a spoiler on Instagram closer to the date. So be on the lookout for that. That's all, everybody. Hopefully you stay safe out there. I'll see you next time in the sandbox.